Well, welcome everybody to Rise Church. So glad that you're with us today. My name is Aaron. I'm the senior pastor. On behalf of my wife, Erica, and all of our staff and pastors, we're so glad that you're with us, especially here with us for the very first time. If you're a guest with us, we always invite our guests to come back at least three times. Everybody say three times. <clears throat> That's why I know we always say that because we want you to come back more than once because sometimes when you come to a new place, you don't always get the best experience on the first experience. So my hope would be that you would come back and you would find spiritual family. If you are watching online, we'd love to uh, just ask you to like, comment, share, leave a review. Hey, do something in the chat. Believe it or not, it actually helps us get through some of those algorithms that the social media platforms have, and it'll really get the message of Jesus out. Today, we are continuing a series called uh, The Art of Being Blessable. And we talked about last week how um, this series is not a series to figure out how to manipulate a blessing from God. How many of y'all know, like, if you can control God, he does not, he's not God anymore? And so um, we're not trying to teach you that hey, if you do this and do this, or A plus B equals C with God. Often, a lot of times with God, it's like A plus B equals like, you know, 17. So, you know, you're like, we don't understand really, God, what you're doing. But there are some things that we can see inside Scripture with that principles that are brought out. There's some amazing attributes of God. And, and like, he, 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 he seems to have his attention grabbed when we, when we live our life a certain way. And so I think in the new year, one of the things we can um, we can uh, make sure that we do is really live to please God. And what I try to do as a pastor, I just want you all to know, I grew up in church and I, I got, a, you know, I heard a lot of messages about the blessings of God. And sometimes the most, the most um, unhelpful thing I can tell you is that there's a God who wants to bless you, but not give you the best ways to live a life in which God can bless you. And so that's what the message is about today. That's really what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to unlock and give you some characteristics and some principles and some disciplines and some skills. Like, how can you live a life that honors God? And so last week, we talked about that principle of honor. We talked about how, like, hey, honor is a lost virtue in our culture. Like, we don't even celebrate that. We celebrate dishonor in a lot of ways. But if we live... Uh, ourselves with like, our own world of honor, it, it ultimately will catch and please, catch the attention of God and please him. And I just believe you're going to be blessed by that. And so this week, we're going to talk about a whole new characteristic. We're going to a whole new kind of discipline. And, and um, I just want like to be honest and upfront at the beginning because you won't like it, okay? Um, you, just, you just won't. So like this is, I've realized, I didn't go into the series thinking this, but most of the stuff that I, by the way, I, I plan these series out a year. We're calendared a year in advance at least. And so I kind of know where I'm going in the series and what I'm talking. I knew these topics um, two months ago. And when I sat down and got this message, I'm like, this is going to be so good for the new year. Everybody's going to be so excited. And now that I'm like teaching them, I'm realizing these are all things we don't want to do. And so um, I'm, I'm going to make you mad, but it's intentional. Okay. And it's for a positive thing. And so it's okay. If you're mad at me, just take it up with God, email him, God at God.com or something. I don't know. So anyway, um, but we're going to be in the book of Deuteronomy today. And if you don't know anything about Deuteronomy, it's in the old Testament. Um, it's the fifth book of what they call the Pentateuch or the Torah. And it's in the first, first, first part of the, the old Testament. So the Bible is broken up into old Testament, new Testament. You have um, the old Testament where we're going to be in today. And it starts off Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. And then, of course, you guessed that the book will be in today called Deuteronomy. And uh, Deuteronomy is a unique book. And I'm going to give you some context to it after we read it. Normally, I give context before. Today, I'm changing it up because, well, you know, I have like ADD, so I like to change things up. And so um, we're going to change it up. And I'm going to read you the scripture, and then we're going we're to learn about what, what's actually happening inside of Deuteronomy. So Deuteronomy chapter 28, if you have your Bibles, that's where we're going to be. By the way, I encourage you, bring your Bible so you can write in your Bible. You're like, can I write in my Bible? Yes, you can. You can write a little note, say, read this again, because, you know, sometimes, you know, highlight. I have something, I'm like, it's like highlight stuff in my Bible. You want to do that. Um, I know everybody's fancy now. You got it on your phone, but, you know, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like, I like, 
I like paper, you know? I like being able to just pick it up and hold it. And sometimes I just, you know, I have a bad day. I just pray with it on my head, you know, just like, Lord, help me. I just, is that just me? Okay, all right. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1, and it says, If you fully obey, ever say fully. That's important. Fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all of his commandments that I'm giving you today. The Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. Now, what a powerful verse. God has a design and he has a will for your life. In verse 2, he says, you will experience all these blessings if you obey, everybody say obey, obey, the Lord your God. And your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and your flocks will be blessed. Come on, I'm liking this scripture already. Come on for somebody. Y'all just like, I mean, just, this is good. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. I'm assuming there's cheese on that breadboard because I like bread and cheese. That's just how I read it. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. I like he just summarizes. He goes, it's just all blessed. It's everything. And the Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. Interesting thought that even though you and I find ourselves in this world, and you might be living with God, and maybe you, you walk with the Lord, and you're honored with God, you're still going to get attacked. You know, a Life with God is not a life that's full of peace all the time. A life of God, with God is a, God, is a life where you are... You, you have the God of peace with you during those attacks. He says, when they attack you, look, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be with you. He says, they attack you from one direction, and, but they will scatter from you in seven. I just like that. And the Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he has given you. Powerful scripture that Moses is speaking to the people. And with that, let's pray. Lord, I just... I'm so grateful for you today. God, you are good. You're worthy to be praised. I believe that every time we gather together, you're in our midst. Thankful. Grateful that we could stand in a country that's free to worship you. And God, as we, as, we, as we enter into your moment with your word being preached, I pray that maybe something would be uniquely stirred up in us and uh, give us a way to live that's maybe different so that we can be better. In Jesus' name. Everybody set? Yeah. Amen. Um, you know, I've, I've realized we're coming up on 15 years, my wife and I, 15 years of marriage, and, um, and we're, we're going to celebrate it soon. And I've been thinking about it since I, I've known my wife since I was 15 years old, since I was a teenager. And um, it's unique to know someone for so long, and it's unique to know and be in a relationship with someone for so long. And I realized um, over my lifetime, someone was asking me, like, what do you feel like you've learned about relationships? And I, I, I said one thing. I said, you know, I think one of the things that I'm realizing just now is that relationships are complicated. Um, and, and, and those of you who are in a relationship right now, say amen, amen. right? Yeah, they're complicated. You know, the person you decide to... Uh, to do life with is ju it's just a complicated thing. And one thing I've realized is that um, with guys and, and girls, they're different. Like we see things a little different. Guys, let's be honest. The reason we're in a relationship is because the girl decided to be in a relationship with you. Like that's the bottom line, right? Like we didn't decide. She decided. She said, okay, I'll put up with you. It'll I'll figure out how long. Depends on how you act, right? And that's just bottom line. That's most, most guys, you just need to realize that over time. I tell young, my marriage, pre-married counseling is pretty easy. Like, I'm pretty simple. I'm like, dude, 
just don't make her mad. Like, that's it. Just don't make her mad. It was pretty clear. It's pretty clear, you know. And so, um, but I realized that, like, she said yes. The reason I'm in a relationship with my wife is because she said yes. And, and, and sometimes I could assume that because I'm in a relationship with her, blessings will naturally come, like, by default. But I, what I realized as I've been in a relationship with her, especially when I was younger, that what I, my, my intentionality to the relationship determined what I got from it. I'll give an example. My wife and I, when we were young, um, I was in college and we were, um, I had an apartment with my roommate. And so my, my girlfriend at the time, my wife now, she would come over um, with, with my, my roommate's uh, girlfriend and we would, um, we would do the most, you know, I mean, it was the, the most holy thing that we could do at the time. And we played video games uh, with, with, our, with our girlfriends. And so um, what we try to do is like assimilate them into our world. You know, that's what we do, guys. You know, like you're working on a car, like, come on, honey, come outside. And they come out for about two and a half minutes and then they're like, we're done. We don't want to be, in, we, this is terrible. Let's get us out. But we do what we need to do to bring them in and we try to get them part of our life. Well, that, was our, that was my first attempt at trying to get my wife a part of the thing that I liked at that time. So we're sitting there, we're playing video games, and my wife, um, and she gave me permission to, to talk about this, by the way. But just anyway, so um, she's, she's, sitting, um, she's sitting on the couch behind me, and I'm on the front, kind of closer to the television, because that means something to me, because I'm winning something, right? Like, if I'm going to play, if you play, you play, I like what Herm Edwards said when he was interviewed in the post-game press conference. Y'all know what I'm talking about. They asked him, like, why'd you play the game? He said, we play to win the game. Right. So I don't know what it's like to play a game for fun. That makes no sense to me. For some of you who like to do that, like we're just here to participate. You need Jesus. So I'm like in it to win it. Anybody, anybody else feel me out there? All right. So good. You my people. We on the same level. So I'm playing this video game that's incredibly important. My wife asked me, she said, honey, will you just do me one thing? Please don't shoot me. We're playing a Halo game where you can't, you know, where you're just, you're in a game where you shoot each other. You know, it's all just, it's all make-believe. It's all fake, you know, whatever. And so we're playing the game. I said, no, babe, no problem. So we start playing, and I can't help it. Because when I start playing a video game, when you're in the game, you're in the game. Everything is free reign. Come on, somebody, help me out up here. Like when you're playing it, you're going to get tackled. So it just is what it is. I can't turn it off. And so I'm, I'm playing the game, and she, she spawns, and I know where she spawns because I play the game a lot. She had never played the game. So I just started, boom, she did, done. She dead. I, I got her. So she's done. And she looks at me. She goes, honey, I asked you, please, to just don't let me get used to the game. I said, honey, I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't know it was you. I knew it was her. I didn't know it was you. I said, but I'm just trying again. So she starts back up. She responds. I knew where she was going to respond through a grenade. Boom, she dead. Instantly, she goes, she goes, was that you? I said, no, I just tossed, I don't know what was happening. She, I'm I'm playing the game, babe, just play. She goes, okay. So she responds again. I shoot her with a sniper rifle. Boom, she's done. And she, she said, if you do it again, we're not gonna, it's not going to be good for you. And I said, honey, I'm good. I, it's, I'm not, I'm just, we're all playing the game, right? So, you know, the ornery person in me, okay? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, this is my 15-year-old self. I am, I'm mature now. <laughs> but back then... I, I, all I heard was, shoot me again. That's all I heard was. <laughs> and so I, 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 she spawned. I shot her again. She died. And um, to this day, it's one of the funniest things because um, I didn't think it was funny then, but she, uh, she decided the most appropriate way to respond in that moment was to take the video game controller she had in her hand and toss it 
at the back of my head. And so I'm playing, and she goes, wham, like that. I'm like, what? In the, what's going on? And she goes, I told you not to shoot me. And I said, you're not supposed to throw the video game controller. And I wasn't concerned about my head more than I was about my controller. I'm like, what's wrong with my controller? You know, I was upset, and I said, you can't do that. And she goes, well, next time, don't shoot me. It was a bad moment on my part. We fought the rest of the night. In fact, we still have married counseling about it. So it's just... Do I need to forgive her? Yeah. Y'all think I should forgive her now at this point? It's been like 20-something years. We should probably let it go, right? Yeah, let it go. I'll think about it. So anyway, um, so, but, but I was thinking, like, you know, blessings from, from my relationship, they have to be intentional. Like, for me, in order for me to get something good from the relationship, it really, man, isn't it true? Like, just what you put into it you get is what you get out of it. And, and, and the blessings of God, oftentimes we think, like, when we get, mar- like, when we get saved, we think God's blessing just, boom! Boom, it's, it's, it's happening, it's on. And, and um, the, the, the truth of the matter is, you can, you, you can live a life where your salvation is sealed and yet still be burdened with no blessing. And, and so the most unhelpful thing I can tell you is that God wants to bless you, I just told you that, without giving you some of those tools to help you actually become blessable. And, and, and for us, one of the things that, that, that Moses is talking to the children of Israel, let me give you some context now, okay? Deuteronomy chapter 28, um, Deuteronomy, by the way, means um, the second law or like the second telling of the law. At this point, um, the, the children of Israel um, have been exiled. They have, been, they have had the exodus from Egypt, so they're no longer slaves. They're now a nation, and they've been stuck in the desert for 40 years, and they can see the promised land the land that was promised to them, and they have not yet been able to enter into it. And Moses is starting to reiterate these commands of God and these promises of God. He's saying, look, there's this way. Now, you got to remember, this is a nation that had never had any laws, had never had a constitution. They didn't know what right and wrong was. They had always been a, a, a slaved people who were told everything that they needed to do. So God creates this moment of exodus, this nation comes out and God's trying to say, here's how we're going to live. The Sinai code, the 10 commandments were all about, here's how the family runs with God. And you can't like look at, I know some people will judge like the rules and the Bible and the law of like, why would they ever say that? And they judge that to like our rules and laws now. You, but you can't do that. What you do is you judge the laws of God based on the other, like Macedonian laws or the Babylonian laws or the Syrian laws that were around at the time. Like there were laws around at the time that were way terrible. And these were grace-driven laws that felt strong. But you got to remember, they didn't know no better. So, so God's helping them see what, his, what like life is like with, with God. And in Deuteronomy chapter 6, you see um, Moses introduce and remind, and you even see it to this day. This is a, um, this is a Jewish tradition, um, and, and, and you see this now 
where, where he introduces this idea of, of Shema. And it's interesting because what, what Shema was, is, and it's a prayer that, that, that even the uh, Jewish people do now, that, that they pray in the morning and the evening time, and it's a prayer to remind them of the promises and commands of God and how to live their life. They do that as a tradition, but Shema was always designed, which by the way, translated Hebrew was listen or hear, and what it was, the, the translation for listen was, it was, was literally meant to hear and obey. So it wasn't just to like, okay, you just hear the commands of God. It was like, no, no, for me to truly shema and, and, and bring, bring blessing into my life, I got I to gotta not just hear it, but I got I to gotta obey. And he was reminding them of this because he, he was, I, I could only imagine Moses being as frustrated as you could possibly be because there's a stress and there's a frustration being stuck in between your salvation and your blessing. And they're stuck in this desert for 40 years. And here's the, here's the frustration. They didn't have to be. So, so the key that Moses is really teaching is that the promised land for you and for the children of Israel is on the other side of obedience. That's the concept. If you're taking notes today, that's the, that's the second one. So last week was honor. This week is obedience. Now, we don't like that. I like independence. Uh, I like my will. I like, uh, I like disobedience, to be quite honest with you. I like to do what I want to do. So obedience is the key scripture here. He's saying, if, go back, go back, go back, if you fully obey, if, if, obey, then we read nonstop blessing, right? And so Moses, I think, felt this the most because he knew he wasn't going to enter into the promised land. You want to know why he wasn't going to enter into the promised land? Obedience. So the danger in all of us is to be the Moses of the world. To be the part of the Exodus and never truly, never truly grasp the promised land, what God has for you. And if obedience is that kind of thing in the middle, it's an interesting concept because you can look at it from, um, so I'm a Bible nerd, okay? Let me just say that. Like, I, I don't like um, when people make the Bible shallow because the Bible's so deep and rich, and I can show you so many cool things, but one of the things that is, is neat that jumps off the page is that you can see inside, I'll give you a, I'll give you a concept of what they call type and shadow or type and picture of certain things. Um, Egypt, so for the Old Testament, Egypt always represents sin and bondage, by the way, always represents sin and bondage. How did the children of Israel get out of Egypt? They got out of Egypt because of God. It was up to God. They couldn't do it themselves. If they could have, they would have, but they didn't. God needed to deliver them from Egypt. They get out of Egypt, and then for them to obtain the promised land, it's not up to God anymore. Now it's up to them. You have to figure out what you're doing. That's why they spent 40 years in the desert, because they were still figuring out how to obey this amazing blessing of a God that they now serve. New Testament comes along. Now, we're not under the covenant. We're not under the old covenant. We're under a new covenant, a new promise, a new set of rules, a new set of ideas, a new set of thoughts. Jesus comes down. Now, you and I, let me ask you this question. Is, do you have anything to do with your salvation? No, because you don't. Have, it's not up to you for you to be saved. It's up to God. God has done everything. Jesus paid it all. It's amazing. God's done it. You have no, um, um, there's no, there, there, it's not dependent on us for our salvation. It's dependent on God. However, 
The blessings of God are dependent on us. Do you see it? Do you see the difference? See, there's, there's, there's a type shout. And so what's interesting is, is you have to ask yourself, am I caught between my salvation moment and my blessing and being stuck in the desert? Is that you today? Sometimes it's, it's, I mean, we can get frustrated with the church because we feel like, man, I know God wants to bless me. I just seem like I'm stuck in the desert. And if that's where you're stuck, it could be that obedience is the one step that you and I need to take this new year in order to obtain, come on, the blessings of God. Now, why don't we obey? Like you, I, I, it's not sometimes that we don't know what God wants us to do. It's that we just don't do it. I don't do it. You don't do it. I'm like, why don't we do it? And I think sometimes we don't do it is because of how we hear the commands of God. You know, again, it comes back. Maybe we're, you know, we're not used to being in a, um, you know, in a kingdom. That when the king decrees something, there's not really a debate and there's no vote. You know, you and I are so used to democracy in America. Thank God, because we we live under the rule of human minds. But in a in, in God's kingdom, God's amazing and he's sovereign and he knows everything. And so when he makes a command, we should follow it, but we don't because we're not used to it. And so sometimes we hear it wrong and how we hear it will depend on how we re- receive it. It's kind of like when um, I, I told my, I took my boys, I have five young boys. I'm trying to teach them how to be like human, you know? And so I'll tell them stuff like, um, hey, do your homework. How many parents had to tell your kids to do their homework? This week, anybody, just by a show of hands online, you had to tell your kids how to do your homework. Y'all told them to do homework. Come on, like you can participate. It's okay. You can lift your hand if you told your kid this week to do their homework. Okay, great. Um, I tell them to uh, take out the trash. How many of y'all told their kid to take out the trash this week? Yeah, all right. Um, I tell my kids to, uh, to take a shower for the love of God. Anybody else tell somebody to take a shower? You know, my kids, you know, sometimes they're learning the concept that, that when you don't shower, you get funky. Um, I, told, I told my kids every night to go to bed. Anybody tell your kid to go to bed this week? Okay, yeah, yeah. My son, I told him the other day, I said, hey, go take, hey, I need you to go take out the trash, bud. Go do all this stuff. And he goes, he came back to me and he goes, it just feels like you just like to see us work. And he did it as he was like walking away, going around a corner. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, come back over here, kid. And uh, he don't know what I know. He don't know what I know. I'm not just trying to give him work. I'm not. See, see, sometimes we see the commands of God as burdens when they're really designed to bring blessing. And so when I tell my kids to take out the trash, I'm teaching them to honor our home. I'm teaching them that one day you're going to have a wife. She's going to make you take out the trash. You might as well get used to it right now. Um, you're going you're gonna to take a shower because I'm helping them. Am I helping them or I'm not? I'm telling you, you're going to want to learn how to take a shower because you're going to think that girl's real cute. And she's going to walk up to you and she's going to have, mm. And you think it's a burden right now, right? But we know. What do we know? What do we know, parents? It's a blessing. Well, I'm trying to teach you how to position yourself for some blessing. And so today, I want to talk to you just if I can in the time I have left. Three ways I think we can obey God. Like God's going to speak to you, and I want you to learn. Like we can learn together. How can we full, like, like actually obey God? What's obedience in the kingdom? Number one, number one, um, obey fully. Obey fully. Not partial obedience, 
full and complete obedience. Verse one, you'll see it right there. We're going to break down that scripture. He says, if you fully, everybody say fully. Oh, that's good. If you fully obey the Lord, your God. Um, obedience, I notice about obedience. Okay, I'm just going to give you a hint. And this will help you with parenting your kids. Obedience is an all or nothing game. There is no such thing, kids in here, as partial obedience. Okay, adults with God. God asked you to do something. There's no such thing as partial obedience. Partial obedience is you and I trying to bargain with God. That's the truth. Like, my, my, my son, I won't even tell you who it is. Yesterday, just yesterday, we're in the living room, and um, I'm just going to tell you what happened. We're in the living room. I'm sitting on the couch. I look up. He's licking the banister. <laughs> and I was like, do, do your kids ever do stuff where you just go, I don't even, we don't even, there's not even, and you can't get the full word. Come on. Like, y'all know what I'm talking about? And I just look. Could you, could you stop licking the banister? Could, that's gross. Sure, Dad. Thanks. Just leave it at that. Start watching our show again. I look back up. I'm not, I kid you not. And he's rubbing his lips <laughs> along the banister again. <laughs> I said, I just. Do you have these moments? Please tell me this is not just me because I'm looking at him. I just. I just told you. Don't lick the banister. Dad, I'm not licking it. I'm just putting my mouth on it. <laughs> Erica! Right? You just pull the plug, the parachute, get out. And I said, I said, son, when I told you not to lick the bed, what did you think I was thinking? Like, he go, I did, and then he said, I kind of did what you asked. No. Partial obedience is disobedience. So when your, your God commands you to train your children in the ways of the Lord so that when they grow up, they won't depart from it, you can't give God an excuse to say, I didn't have time to read them a book at night because I got real tired, God, but tomorrow I'll do it, and I kind of do it every once in a while, and every few three days I'm in it, and then I'm out of it. Let me make a bargain with you. God, I know I should honor my husband. He's a good man. God, I honor my husband. I love him. But I didn't do it that one time because you know what he, you saw what he could do. You saw how he talked me. And I don't, I don't appreciate that. 
So I'm not going to do it right now. But when he gets some of that act right in his spirit, then I'll, 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 y'all see what we do, right? Not just me. I do that. But I think sometimes God says, no, partial obedience is disobedience. Second piece of this, fully. We're talking about fully. Delayed obedience is disobedience. We have that statement in our house for our kids. Because my children believe that they can still do what I ask them to do just at their own time. Like that, I'll get to it when I'm done playing Fortnite. Anybody ever, does anybody ever have like flashes of what you wish you could do? And sometimes like when that stuff happens, I just want to grab the PlayStation and just see how far I can throw it. You know, it's my own shot put of the PlayStation. I asked my kid the other day, I said, hey, can you take out the trash? He said, yeah, dad, I got you. All right. Because the trash can's coming. The trash guy's coming. And so if we don't get it out at a certain time. Now, I know this. They know this. But they don't remember this because the most important thing is happening in Fortnite. And uh, I said, hey, I need you to go do that right now. Okay, yeah. So they didn't do it. Trash guy comes. And then they take out the trash can. And they come back, and I'm, I get home, and I'm like, hey, did we get that trash can out? They go, oh, we did it. I said, when did you do it? Oh, in, later in the afternoon. So when I told you to go do it right now, you heard whenever. And you assume that we, this isn't a democracy. I'm Michael Jackson, you Tito. You listen. <laughs> right? So I'm like, I'm, I'm trying, to, trying to help you get to your blessing. Come on. Yeah. Trying to help you. And you think timeliness, delayed obedience. is dis- So if God asks you to do something, he, he tells you to help that person who's hurting. Make that phone call. Get to church on time. Can I say that? Can I, can I just get a little something in there from the pastor? Is that okay? Okay. Um, serve your community. Love your children. Honor your wife. Sacrifice for her. Love her. Let Christ love the church. Come on. Delayed obedience is disobedience. So Moses is saying, let's fully, let's, fu- let's fully, let's fully, let's fully, let's fully, fully obey. Second one is this. Um, uh, obey daily. So we got to obey fully, but then we got to obey daily. Obey in, regular, in, in a regular way in life. Gotta be, it's got to keep it regularly. This is all in verse 1, y'all. This is how I read the Bible, by the way. My God, what are you speaking to me? Keep all his commands that I'm giving you. What? Today. Today. Obedience is a daily decision. It's not a one and done. I wish that when I got saved and I said, God, I'll follow you all day, my days of my life. Um, I would actually follow him all the days of my life. But I'm human. You're a human. And you realize that you and I have our own concepts of how things should go. And so every day I wake up with my own will. Every day. Every day I wake up on how I, how I want to lead my life and how I want to do things in this church and how I want to lead my wife and kids and how I want to where I want to go and what I want to eat and what I want to drink and what I want to go to and what I want to watch and what I want. It's all me, 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 me. And I've noticed the more concepts in the Bible, if you ever want to get a big concept of the Bible, you want to know what the big concept of the Bible is? Less of me and more of him. It's a big concept. 
Very confident. And so he says you have to you have to do it daily to live in his will. And um and 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 here's where here's where it happens. Here's where it happens. Obedience for me with God is found in the crossing of my will and his. It happens all the time. Anybody else? Does anybody else want to do something opposite of what God wants you to do on a regular basis? Other than just the pastor? Okay, we got three people. I'm in the right church. And like, I even say it here in our church. Like, how I know I'm your pastor is when our wheels cross. I'm a, I'm a preacher to most of everybody here. I'm a pastor to a small amount. So what happens is, is spiritual authority is always determined and defined by whether or not you can actually obey and submit your will to their will. That's how spiritual authority is established, by the way. So I'm a preacher to most, pastor to some. So my, my God is my spiritual authority. You know, I know he's my God. He's not God to everybody, by the way. Some people, he's just his homeboy. We cool. We friends. Some people, he was a man. Some people, he was a historical figure. To some people, he's God. And when God speaks, even though I don't agree, I'm going to do it your way. Um, Jesus had this concept. It's powerful. I was reading this. I've never seen this inside of the Bible. And that's like, because I've been studying the Bible for like you know, two decades and teaching it for two decades. Like, it's powerful. I'm reading Luke 22. Jesus knew this. Um, and I want to read this to you. I've never seen this before. It's crazy. So it's his final time. It's like final moments in the garden. He's like about to go and die for you and for me. And he says, um, verse 41, and he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed. This is Jesus praying in the garden. And he says, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. I love that about Jesus because it gives me concepts and it gives me the ability to look to God and say, God, this is terrible right now. Would you not, would you take this from us? Like, I'm tired of this. Like, I had a day the other day where there was like one, two, three, eight things just go wrong. Anybody have that day, right? And I'm like, I looked up, it's funny, I was with my wife, one more thing happened, and they got another phone call that one more where you're about, you're on the edge and you're about to be knocked off of it, anybody? And I was like, and I got down to that phone call and I looked up and I said, Lord, honestly, I, I'm, I, you win, I'm done. Please, no more, no, please no more. And um, I like, so, so to me, that was, that was my like, Jesus-like prayer. But then Jesus does something. Just, he says, not my will, your will. Not my will. Yours be done. And then, this is great. I've never seen this before. And then there appeared an angel from heaven strengthening him. Okay, okay. Class review time. Not my will. Obedience. Angel strengthen him, blessing. Some of us are stuck in, no, God, just my will. Bless me. Now I'm going to do what I want to do. Thought it was a good idea. I'm going to do it. I want to do this. This is what I want. I want to do this. So bless me. And I think every day, every day, I got to get up and say, God, hmm. Not my will. Your will. It's a daily decision. I get up. God, not my will. Your will. Repeat. God, not my will. Your will. Everybody say this to me. God, not my will. Your will. All right. God, not my will. 
your will. Tomorrow, great homework assignment, wake up and say, God, not my will, your will. Third one is this, and I'm done. Um, Obey fully, obey daily, obey categorically. Now, this is interesting. Um, Obey in all categories of your life. I like what it says. Verse 3 says, and your towns and your fields will be blessed, and your children and your crops will be blessed, and your offspring and your herds will be blessed, and your fruit baskets and breadboards and cheese. I add cheese on that. Cheese boards will be blessed. And and wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. Here's how it looks in my Bible. I just wanted to show you uh, just kind of a picture of kind of how uh, of how it looks. Um, this is kind of how, it, how it, it's formatted in my, in my actual Bible. And I think it's interesting how they do that because to me, those are all categories. Y'all see it? Yeah. And so for me, here's a, here's a, this, is, this is just how I look. It's helpful for me to look at my life and know if I'm obeying God, if I look at it in a category. Because if I was to ask you, do you obey God? The proper question would be, well, in what category? It's not yes or no. Because I think sometimes we can get confused. You can be doing great in one category, and that can confuse you and make you think you're doing great in all categories. So, so, so what I do is I look, okay, I got a financial category. I got a, I got a, I got a spiritual category. I got a physical category. I got a relational category. I got a marital category. Y'all see what I'm talking about, right? And then obedience, right? Obedience in one category doesn't mean I have obedience in all categories. I'll give you an example. Um, when I was um, uh, headed for a, a uh, I was a youth pastor. I was an executive pastor in California. I was headed to go and interview to be another pastor at a church in the Midwest. And so um, I'm excited because at that time in my life, I was doing so good financially with God. I was giving, I was tithing, and I was, I was giving offerings, and I was blessing people, and God's blessing was coming behind it. And I was doing really good in my physical. I had just lost 130, 25 pounds, and I was doing really good because I was honoring God with my body, and I was paying attention to what was coming in, and I was working out, and I was doing really good physically, and then I was doing really good spiritually because I felt like I was getting my routines down and my disciplines, and everything was going really, really good. And we're in this interview trip, but I was struggling maritally and I was, I was having this moment with my wife because we're getting together and she's like, we're about to go on this big interview trip and I'm like talking to her and she goes, you know, what do you think we should do? And I'm like, I'm trying to like help her become and put her in this box that guys like to do. All men like to do this with their wives. We have a way of what we want you to be. It's not who God, we want God, God wants her to be, but it's what we want her to be. So I'm in the process of chiseling off Everything I don't like about my wife. Don't wear this. Don't say that. Don't go here. Don't walk like this. Don't say that. Don't put your hair like this. Don't do this. Don't do that. And so my wife finally got tired of it. She called my pastor in. Now I'm in trouble. And so she tells me all the things I'm doing. My pastor just looks at me and goes, and I'm not kidding you. If I'm lying, I'm done. That's what he said. He goes, would you stop? And he goes, leave her alone. Babe. Said, he said, he said, he said, leave her alone. And he goes, if you get this job, it's because of her. And come to find out later, no lie. I'm not kidding you. Like, you want to know what put me over the edge in the competition? Because when I showed up, there was like five other pastors and they were like, hey, we're all going to kind of see who wins. And you know what I'm saying? I'm like, all right, game on. I'm going to win. You want to know why I want? I'm not lying. I'm telling you, this is all truth. You can ask her. It's all truth. It was your wife that puts you over the top. 
So I'm doing good in all the categories. God, I'm obeying in all the categories, but I'm not honoring, I'm not loving sacrificially my wife, not leading her, not loving her as Christ loved the church. And I had, a, I had, I had inaccurately assumed that because I was good in all categories, I'm good in every, I'm good in, I'm good in most categories, I'm good in, I'm good in, I'm good in all categories. And so I think you have to ask yourself, that's the question. Where are you? You might be, let's say you obey spiritually, but you, you, you don't obey financially. Maybe you've never given to the church. It's quiet. Hey, maybe you give to the church and you're good financially and you obey God financially, but you, you're, you're not good physically. Maybe you don't honor God with your body. Dramatic pause. Maybe you're good physically, um, but, but, but like, you know what, man, you, you're, you're really struggling. You honor God with your body, but you struggle maritally. You don't love your husband. You don't honor him. You dishonor him. Maybe you're good maritally and you honor God and you obey him. You're walking that up, but relationally, you don't treat people right. And you don't care about people. You see what I'm saying? If we look at God's category, the categories of life, I think we can get better at learning how to how to obey him. I'm done. I'm closing with this thought. I love how Deuteronomy chapter 28 ends. He says, the Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and with your storehouses with your grain and the Lord God will bless you in the land he has given you. I believe this. I believe if we get this right, this is important. We get this right. Obedience to God. Obedience to God. What has he called you to do? He's called you to do it. Do it. It's, it's, it's the salvation is dependent on God. Our blessing in so many ways is dependent on us. And again, this is an art. This is not a science. So please do not hear me say, if you just obey and obey and obey and obey, you'll be blessed no matter what. And sometimes God blesses people in spite of our obedience. So it's not a science. But I do think, and I, I mean, I can show you story after story and moment after moment and principle after principle. I believe that a life-living under the obedience of the chief shepherd, Jesus Christ, it just can't help but bring you blessing. And that's my prayer for you today. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, God, today, 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 today. You have something to speak to us. I, I, I repent. We repent where, we, where we've not been obedient. We've not been obedient. Man, I, I, every place, God, that I, I don't obey you, will you reveal that to us so that we can walk better, equipped to enter into the promised land that you have for us. Pray that you would help us with that.